Hello and welcome to the Queer Thesperience. I am your host, Casper Oliver. I use they, them, and he, him pronouns. I am a ace non-binary podcaster, actor, uh, basically anything I can get my grubby hands on, I throw myself into. <laughs> and today I am joined by someone who's from a podcast that I've recently fallen madly in love with. If you could please introduce yourself. Uh, my name is my name is Megan Cheaton, uh, also professionally known as Meg Malloy, Meg Malloy Cheaton, all different names. I go by a variety because um, nobody can spell or pronounce my second name. <laughs> so yeah, um, the 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 whole like uh, professional name thing came out of like just insecurity of oh god, th- Scott's not going to be able to say my name properly. <laughs> just um, add add this. <laughs> no. Uh, so I am a um, biromantic, uh, agendo person. I use they, them, and she, her pronouns. And uh, I am a, a dual American-Australian citizen currently living in England, somewhat against my will. Because <laughs> <laughs> COVID. That's COVID. <laughs> Hey, and uh, you and I started chatting because of your involvement with a podcast called Less yes. Is Morgue. So if yes. you could tell our listeners about that. Well, I play Evelyn, <laughs> who is a lesbian ghost who died in a Nickelback concert. And she sounds like this. <laughs> I, I love Evelyn so much. I love scaring people because my normal voice is so deep. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when we started this call and you started talking, I was yeah. like, "Oh, right, voice yeah. actors." <laughs> I also voice. I also voice um, uh, recurring annoyance and guest uh, Riley's Australian cousin Shaz, who is uh, basically just sounds like me normally. Um, so uh, I love to. I, I love the fact that a lot of people think when people hear me speak normally, a lot of people get me confused with Lexi. Yeah, who is the voice of Riley? Um, because, and I'm, 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 ha- I, I, I tell the story to everybody, but like, um, when we were first planning making the show, um, you know, they, uh, Henry and Gus and Lexi and Scott and I were all talking about like, well, who, well, what's the, um, you know, what's the format going to be? Well, we should have a chat. You know, it's a chat show. It's got two hosts. Um, and, you know, Lexi and Meg, you know, you, you guys can play. Because I, I hadn't really done, like, a lot of voice acting before. I'd only ever done voices for my own animations. Because I'm... Yeah. I'm primarily an artist. I have my degree in media arts with, um... I recently got my, um, master's in animation. So nice. I'm an animator first, and then I just, like, through animation. Because, you know, if you animate, you do the voices for your own cartoons most of the time. And, um, through that, I kind of started voice acting. So Henry, um, somewhat nepotistically gave me the role of co-host on Less is Morgan. I was like, okay, so if, if Lexi and I are going to be co-hosting, I have to find a voice that is easy to hold for long periods of time, but sounds nothing like how I speak normally, because my one other voice acting credit that I had ever done was a very small, like, a couple of really small, like, um, additional voices by roles on a show called The Alexandria Archives. 
Yeah, yeah I've which heard is, of that. Um, our producers, Ori and Scott, used to work on that. And Lexi and I had both been given, like, little incidental voices in one episode together. And listening to it back, um, I had a moment where I forgot which one of us was talking and i was like okay so i don't want to have that happen with any of uh, any other thing that i ever work on so next like my next role lexi can be lexi lexi basically just sounds like riley in real life but then i uh you know pitch my voice up you know and do the kind of like tara strong uh, harley quinn kind of voice that i (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah So what inspired you guys to make Less Is More? Um, it's funny because it was kind of, it was kind of Henry's idea first, but it was like really unformed and it was like sort of a creation by committee. So we have, um, Henry was, I don't know. He just like, at some point was like, I want to make a show that's just really gay (laughs) and I want there to be monsters in it. And we were, we were like, thinking about this really hard, and we were, like, you know, he was like, I don't know what format to make it. And I think I was the one that came up with the idea of making it be, a like, a podcast in-universe. Yeah. Because I love, um, I don't really listen to it anymore, but I loved Welcome to Night Vale. And, um, I, what, it, what's that? Show me? The Night Vale Eye. <gasps> I love that. That's so good. I have, um... <laughs> I have the VFDI from a series of unfortunate events on my ankle. Oh, good, yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, wait, I'm kind of I can contortionist this. You can't really see it because I can't twist my leg the all the way. Yeah, around, don't don't break there. your leg. Um, well, these <laughs> socks are really cute. So <laughs> they are. I I am happy I get to see your fox yeah, socks. Little fox socks. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I was always a really big fan of Welcome to Night Vale. Um. But I was like, yeah, we should do something like that, where it's like an in-universe, but like sort of the the really lo-fi version of that, where it's like, it's not an in-universe, uh, like, Prairie Home Companion kind of radio show. It's more like the the in-universe version of, of just like a, every sort of uh, really cheaply made chat podcast that's just two guys in a basement. <laughs> so... We, we did, like, this March Madness bracket to figure out what kind of monsters each character would be. So we put, like, you know, like, on one side it was, like, werewolf, snake woman, um, uh, like, Aswang, um, Chupacabra, you know, just, like, all these different yeah. matchups. And we narrowed it down until we ended up with Ghost and Ghoul. And, uh, then, then after that it was, like, you know... Then it was, from there we just kind of wrote the podcast and, and, yeah, the rest is history as they say. But it was, it was kind of funny that like, it was, it was really created by committee where it was just Henry just saying, let's just make something really gay with spooky guys, spooky creatures. Yes. And then we just were like, okay, well what spooky creatures? Let's just make a big list and make them fight. (laughs) Fight? (laughs) But like, what tickles me is... How many, uh, like queer audio drama creators? So many have mentioned, referenced their love of Night Vale. I think it's because Night Vale is just the granddaddy of all audio dramas because 
I could never remember. I never listened to an audio drama before Night Vale. I listened to podcasts. Um, You know, I had listened to, like, um, Astonishing Legends and, like, um, you know, Wine and Crime and uh, things where it's just, like, chatting. You know, I'd never listened to an audio drama before Welcome to Night Vale. Right. Before my friends got me onto Welcome to Night Vale, I think it was, like, in my first year of university, and, like, I had a friend message me and be like, Megan, you heard of Welcome to Night Vale. Please look it up. And I started listening to it, and I was like, oh my god, this is my favorite thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then from there, it's just, like, you know, Magnus Archives, um, No Sleep. Just, I, I, have lis- I have become such an audio drama person. Yes. Black tapes. And That's it's also it, like um, it helps that the audio drama community is so welcoming and like there's so many cool people in the community. And I, I I can remember like I can remember being so um pleased by like listening to Welcome to Night Vale and within like the first four or so episodes you realize that Cecil has the hots for Carlos. Oh, and it's yeah. like, oh, it's a gay character, but it's like not a huge thing. He's just he's talking about this like this this hot scientist, you know, yeah. like and I'm just like, wow. Wow, this is like good gay representation. It's like they're not making a huge deal out of it. It's just, yeah, gay people exist in this world and it's fine. Yeah. And <laughs> it it's just like made me I, really I, happy. <laughs> yeah and like I, I i got into a conversation with someone over facebook mm. recently we met because uh queer podcasters and we got to talking about jarver mm. buke and it was like making it a series where it's a queer horror but the horror doesn't come from being queer yeah and yeah that's like i think because like a lot a lot of queer people like horror whether it's the all-out horror or, like, the kind of less is more where it's horror comedy, it's silly, it's fun. Um, But a lot of queer people are drawn to horror, which keeps just... I think it's it's a... The horror community is is fantastic. Like, like, I have never seen a more welcoming, like, fandom of people. Because they're all just, like, you go to, um, like... You know, horror is just such a great space for queer people, uh, people of color, for women, for... Because I guess what horror is, is just sort of like... And I think I've... I've, I think the the reason that horror resonates with me, and I think that this is true of a lot of people in marginalized groups, is that, you know, horror is the one genre that says um, it's okay if, like, you feel like the world's out to get you. Whereas, like, every other genre, it's like, oh, yeah, the good guys win, and, you know, people, you know, whereas horror, it's like, no, it's, it's okay if you're afraid of everything, because sometimes, um, the world is, like, massively stacked against you, but it's fine, yeah. and you can, you can, you can live. Yeah, you can and endure. And I think that that's intensely, that's intensely comforting for me. Like, I'll prefer, I'd prefer horror to a lot of genres just because, like, I don't know, like, Stuff that's, like, cute, I don't tend to like because I I feel like I get really sad that the world isn't like that. Like, I get really sad that, like, you know, like, I, I watch something like, uh, I don't know, like, Steven Universe or, like, 
Um, look, I can't even name anything else that's, like, positive. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> I only watch, like, horror and, like, like very dark comedies. Um, yeah. But, like, if you watch... I watch something, like, cute... Or, like, Pushing Daisies or, like, something, like, cutesy. I'm like, oh, why don't I live in that world? And I start crying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, no, and, like, oh, man, but the super, the, the, not, um, the Steven Universe movie, I don't know if you've seen I the movie. I still haven't seen that, it. Okay, they went hard. I've heard like it's, that, I've heard it's, like, it goes really hard, and, like, um. It's really I mean, good. I didn't expect it to go so hard, though. I, I, I uh, that came out around the, no, it, it came out later then, but, um, I don't know if you watched the series Unfortunate Events, Netflix series. Yeah. It's the same not, reason I, I why think... those books were my favorite book series, like, that and His Dark Materials, I, I was into Harry Potter for a little bit, like, you yeah. know, between the ages of about six and eight, when I was, you know, first learning how to read chapter books, I was really into Harry Potter, and then my, then my, uh, mom brought back the, from, my mom, whenever we would go on long drives, my mom would go to the library and rent a, um, audiobook to put on to mm. keep my dad from yelling at traffic. Yeah. And, um, one, one time she brought home, uh, A Series of Unfortunate Events number six, The Year Stats Elevator. Put that on. Huh. Tim Curry narrates those tapes, by the way. Oh. So, um, already I'm like, oh my god, this is, you know, I was like seven. I didn't oh, know about Rocky Horror, but at this, I was like, oh my god, it's Hexus from Ferngully. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not the only person who, like, that's one of my main associations yeah, with Tim Curry. Yeah, Frank and Furter, Hexus from Ferngully, and, um, the Wadsworth butler from, from the Cluedo, Cluedo movie. <laughs> yes! Exactly, yeah. Wadsworth. And um, the yeah, so I, we we listened to that, and I was just like transfixed. I immediately went out and like demanded that my mom buy me all of the books, and I read, I like just burned through all of them. Um, but I watched the. It was the same thing. It's just like that's that's a book series that's like, hey kids, adults are dumb, and sometimes they think they know what's good for you, but they're actually really doing bad stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and that you know uh, on. On top of being, you know, uh, growing up gender non-conforming and, um, you know, finding out my identity as a queer person, I am also, uh, I also have ADHD. So, um, I, I, I've been just kind of, uh, like, in this position my whole life where, like, people think they know... <laughs> People think they, like, my parents don't exactly know how to deal with me. Nobody knows exactly how to deal with me, so I've just had to... <laughs> deal with myself. Deal with myself. And so Series of Unfortunate Events was really formative for me. And then uh, the the last season of the TV show was disappointing for a number of reasons, because they uh, kind of, they dumbed it down a little bit in the last season, and, like, the themes were kind of... Uh. Like, you know, they, they sort of changed around some character motivations in a way that really didn't make sense. And I was yeah. talking to, um, I was talking to Henry about it and he was like, oh, well, you know, the, the Steven Universe movie does all of the stuff that you are saying that the TV show of the series Unfortunate Events didn't do. Now, I have to watch it, but like, I keep, I'm so terrible about watching movies, especially this year. I've been just like, not. That's fair <laughs> committing like an hour and a half of time yeah, to just sit i just don't like... want to i uh what was the last movie i watched the holy mountain just this What's weird that? weird movie from the 70s that i think was produced by ringo Starr and george harrison 
And um, it's a really strange movie. Very, like, art house, late 60s, early 70s kind of, like, you know, lots of naked people, lots of religious imagery. Uh, It ends with uh, one of the characters looking in the camera and saying, no, this is a film. Zoom back, camera! And the camera zooms back and you see the entire crew. And then all of the actors just get up and walk away. (laughs) Like... That movie, the the movie's so insane that I can say like that that happens at the end, and it's not even like this is the twist ending. It's just the latest in a line of just absolute insanity. <laughs> yeah, that was the last uh, movie I watched. Oh, actually, no, that's wrong, because I've been watching some Christmas movies. Ah, uh, yeah, I watched the new remake of Black Christmas, which I found very fun. I'll admit, I'll admit Christmas movies are kind of like that one time where, so when it comes to media, I prefer something that's like, that has the tension and has, okay, for example, like Knives Out. I don't know if you ever saw Knives Out. I loved that movie. Okay. Yes. So good. So the the company that I work for outside of podcasting, Mm. the Murder Mystery Company here in the U.S., yeah, cool. I, I do murder. I do murder mysteries for a living. Um, nice. They did a lot of promotional work for Knives Out, so I was like, "Well, I, I got to see it." And then I watched it, and I was like, "Well, I'm gonna watch this twelve more times now. This so is my good. comfort film." But what I love about it is it's tense. There's humor, but it's dry humor, yeah. you know. And it's got like a lot of high boiling points, mm. but it has a good ending. It's not necessarily like a happy ending because this you know. this person you came to really care about yeah. is dead and he's been dead since the beginning of the yeah. film. But you did come to care about him and you're like, aw, no, why did he die? Yeah. Like, why, why isn't one of these, these jerks? Yeah. Uh, but... It's got a good ending. And also, what accent was Daniel Craig doing? Like, I love I Daniel love Craig. That, <laughs> that accent. weird, like, Louisiana, it was, like, it was, it's like a Louis, like a, like a deep south, like, Georgia, Kentucky accent. I loved uh, it, though. I loved it. So, it's like, you can't pin it, but I could listen to it for hours. Yeah. Like, I, I don't I know loved what it that, was. that person on Twitter that was like, Every Knives Out should become a franchise. In every movie, Benoit Blanc should have another different ridiculous accent. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the next movie, he sounds Russian. Oh my god! <laughs> the third one, he's French. <laughs> oh my god! And I swear, if it because if he wants the accents to be bad, like but like recognizable, just sit Daniel Craig down, show him Italia, and say go. Oh god. Oh, I God. hate. I, that's getting rebooted, I never, and I am so upset. It's getting. I'm sorry. No, I remember yeah. when the dub came out and just cringing myself inside out. Uh, because like uh, I knew they were gonna do the bad accents, but like I wasn't ready. No, I wasn't ready. Uh, oh, that that's that that's horror right yeah, there. That's true. <laughs> That's true, Tara. That's true, dear. So, uh, back on the yeah. on the train of this is what happens when two people with ADHD yeah. do an interview. Oh no, this is. Uh, but but so uh, back to your work with um, like less is yes. more. But also, I do also want to talk about your your animation stuff because oh, yeah. that's kind of where you're primarily yeah. working. I mean, um, not not so much now, but like that is my background, sort of professionally. 
voice acting is like a new thing, but it's sort of consumed my life. It, it animation commission's a bit thin on the ground. Yeah, so but the voice there's, acting there's is voice work to be mm. done everywhere, basically. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with you doing less is more, like, what kind of has been your general experience as someone who makes queer heavy content? Like, what's your experience been like? I mean, I, um, it's, that's a hard question to answer because I don't, like, think about it in the moment because it is a very, like, I, it's a, it's a very queer heavy content show and i live a very queer heavy life uh so i just think yeah this is normal yeah yeah i've been so like far because i the whole time we've been making this show has basically been in in quarantine because we wrote it all last year and i recorded maybe half of my lines last year but for the most part production on less is more has been entirely in um hell year Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say the number because I firmly believe that this year doesn't count. That next <laughs> year is actually 2020. This is hell year. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we've been working on it this year. And um, so, like, I've been very, remi- like, been very removed from, like, society, whatever that means. Uh, so I'm just like, yeah, this is normal. They them yeah. they them pronouns... That's normal. You know, it's like, so I don't even, it's gotten to the point where I kind of don't even think about like, oh, this is different to how I would be working normally because like, this is just, you know, you think of yourself as being just normal and you don't really like, unless you're like around people who aren't like you, you don't really realize just like how much being non-binary is still a complete novelty or like how little representation there is of, of lesbians that isn't like one specific stereotype. Yeah. So, um, that's a hard, that's a really hard question to answer. Um, I think we think a lot about, um, I mean, we, we, we kind of include representation without thinking about it too much. Yeah. Like, I think in the earliest draft of the show, uh, we were going to say that Evelyn was pansexual or bisexual or some other, you know, polysexual identity. But then, uh, writing the script for the rest of the, uh, episode that came out, like, last month, um, the speed dating episode with Todd's, um, Todd's dating app. And, uh, (laughs) for ghosts. Tinder, but for ghosts. And, um... Like, the way that we write it is what what happened is that Henry and Gus came up, and then I came up with a few of them, but it was mostly Henry and Gus over, like, one night just came up with, like, a huge list of log lines for episodes, and then he just kind of was like, do you want this one? Take it. Do you want this one? Take it. You know, and so I took the speed dating one, and I, I wrote this one on uh, on the plane going back to visit my parents over Christmas holiday last year, I think. And um, originally, it was, uh, was going to be that like, the one male ghost, like, originally it was going to be two ga- two male ghosts, one female ghost that Evelyn matches with. And um, when I was writing the, like, bro frat boy ghost character at the beginning, I thought it would be a really funny joke 
if Evelyn was like, no, I like girls. And the guy was like, me too. We have so much in common. <laughs> so I like went back and made her a lesbian just so that joke would work. That's so good. So though. then, and then out of that, like, um, the, the gangster Letitia, she yeah. was going to be male in the first draft of that script. And I was like, no girl, lady gangster now. And now she's, like, my favorite side character that I've ever written for Less Is More. She's hilarious. And I really want to, like, we're desperate to bring her back for season two somehow. Even though she, like, ascends to heaven at the end of that episode. No spoilies. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Considering how the show goes, it's like... Yeah. Nothing surprises me when I'm told it happens. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, "Yeah, that sounds about right. We've got Florida Man's a character. Um, They, they, um... (laughs) They hunt down a uh, a flying boob um, with a, um, a a sea captain who represents the idea of toxic masculinity. Um, I I like props to Henry and Gus for naming a character Captain Sishmail. That's the best pun ever. Gus is the king of the puns. That's I what I will it. I will say that uh our he's um. He's he's the one. If you hear a really good pun on Less Is Morgue, ninety percent of the time Gus wrote it. <laughs> I'm good. I'm glad to yeah. know that I can give proper yeah. credit. Also, I just want to say, as someone who has been living in Florida for about five years, oh, now, I'm I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, like I listened to it yeah. and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we don't. We, I always like say that, like, because um, uh, me and um, Jasper and Sean, two of the other artists who work on the show, uh, they are from Sydney. They, I know them from way back and I pulled them in cause I was like, well, we got to get them on the show. Cause they're like, they, they, they're great artists and I want them to help me out with the artwork. And, um, they also like const they, they also like join in on the writing and like all of the, um, they, they've taken so, like, all of us have taken so well to writing Less is More, and I think it's because Australia is the world's Florida. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Florida's like a little mini Australia yeah. tucked at the bottom yeah, of the it's, U.S. we are the world's Florida. If you look at, um, like, so many of the, like, that rant that Florida man goes on at the end, like, so many of the things that happen that he mentions, like, could very also be from just, like, Australian headlines. You know, yeah. <laughs> the only difference yeah. between Florida and Australia is that less guns in, in Australia. In, in Australia, or... less guns in yeah. Australia. Because I was about to say, yeah. there's more guns we used in to Australia. Have, we used to have the same number of guns, but then the government took all of them. <laughs> Which is what I what, like anyway. not to get political, <laughs> but like mm, some good ideas there. <laughs> yeah, that's hey, t- hey, Florida, take some notes. Yeah. Because I will openly say that get rid of yeah, them. Yeah, gun, gun bad. Anyway, yeah, gun. um, uh, oh, what I was gonna say is sometimes the only other thing where it's like, uh, where like queerness really comes into the writing process is that sometimes, um, we it's funny we have three uh they them's, mm-hmm. and then you know three uh well. One trans man, uh, me and Jasper are both non-binary, and then Lexi is a cis woman, and then the rest of the writers are 
cis men. And between Gus, Gus, Henry, and Charlie, they write a lot of the scripts. And um, I will sometimes have to do a pass through, like, because everyone, like, they're they're great writers. They're very, uh, they're very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're very good at listening to, like, or, like, picking up on other people's viewpoints, like, writing as other identities. They're good, you know, they're not the kind of people that just, like, you know, assume that their viewpoint is the one viewpoint. They're they're good at that. But every once in a while, I will have to be like, oh, this line is a little bit like, oh, man writes lesbian character. This is a little bit like not something that a real person would say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so a couple of times I've had to do that. Um, And uh, that's... It's it's good we've got... um, Between us, we've got, like, all of the... Almost all of the identities represented on the show. Right. So, like, you know, um... Uh, Evelyn's a lesbian, and then Riley is a agender, asexual, um, autistic, uh, person. And a lot of us are riding anywhere on the spectrum, um, and me and, me and Lexi are the Woolowers, and... <laughs> Um, we all, like, so that nobody's completely writing without experience. You know, Henry, Henry and right. Sean are both asexual as well. Nobody on the show is writing without life experience. We're all, like, close, like, e- either the identities of the characters or, like, close to them. So, right. it's, I think that is important because, especially when it's the main characters, you want them to be believable. Right. Yeah. So it's important to write, like, write what you know is kind of uh, BS advice because, like, then you would, you wouldn't be able to write, you know, like a ghost or, you know, like you can't, right. you, like you can't get too creative if you're only restricting yourself to what you know. But like, at the same time, don't write as a minority that you don't represent because it won't come off as realistic. It'll just be like a, a fake stereotypical character a a caricature of yeah yeah that's been talked about a lot on the podcast where it's like you can tell when queer characters or on the podcast we primarily talk about like queer characters but it's also been like characters with um yeah like mental illnesses like as someone who has uh, my therapist and i call it my bingo card uh (laughs) like adhd ptsd and stuff like that Uh when you can see those handled by people who don't experience it it's like that's not yeah that's not what it's like like that the good thing is that like no matter who's written the script like all of us look at the script at some point so right. inevitably somebody who is like closer to the identity being represented than the person who wrote the script will be like, nah, I wouldn't say that. Cut that out. <laughs> now nah, I'm going to record an alt for that. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> How many people are involved in the script making There process? are, uh, so we're the Prapes Collective. Um, funny story behind that, that uh, it was from a li- uh, an art live stream that I did once on Facebook. And I had um, Photoshop, I had Premiere. After Effects and Photoshop all next to each other on my toolbar, and the chat just started going prapes, 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 prapes. <laughs> so, 
Oh, we, we we stole that as our name, and it's funny because I don't use like my Adobe license expired. It got too expensive, so I canceled it. So now yeah. I use uh, Clip Studio and Shotcut, which don't have letters on their icons. So Preps is dead. <laughs> but Preps is never dead. No, Preps will live on in the hearts of all those who believe. But um, <laughs> there are nine of us in the Preps Collective. It's um. Me, Henry, Lexi, Gus, Scott, Sean, Jasper, Charlie, and Ori. And Ori is mostly just involved with, like, web hosting and, like, pro- like executive producing. Mm-hmm. So he's not really involved in the writing process. But everybody else kind of... Because we're spread across so many different time zones. Lexi's in Texas... Um, Scott is in, Scott is in Illinois somewhere, Gus is from Massachusetts, Henry, Charlie, and I are in the UK, Sean and Jasper are back in Australia, so it's, we'll have whoever, basically whoever writes the episode is whoever's awake at the same time, (laughs) (laughs) and we'll just jump in the writing discord and, and go, based on whatever log lines we've come up with, and, um, so, uh, there will be times where it'll be like, Oh no, you know, like uh, Sean's got Sean's got finals coming up. He can't he can't uh, be involved in any calls for a while. So we got to hold off these episodes until he's around because we know that he really wants to. T- you know, like we'll like promise sh- episodes to each other. It's a very communal experience. But then other times it'll just be like, um, you know, oh and by the way, guys, I wrote this full script for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a gift. Here you yeah. go. <laughs> so, it's it's a very um, loosey, freeform... Uh, fu- what did I say in the fucking... Sorry, I was trying not to swear. I tried really hard. <laughs> it's happen. okay. Um, uh, in the episode with... Uh, the first episode with Shaz, I go on some like, fucking thing where I, I go, like, uh, off-road, off-script, off-book, doors fuss, doors plus, no fuss. <laughs> I was trying to do that, but I'd forgotten it. <laughs> Uh, I I love that the podcast is is very much created by like a group. Yeah, and you have because, um, like for for example, uh, when I started Jar of Rebuke, it was all me. Yeah, I wrote, edited, acted everything. It was all me, and it was exhausting. But uh, after a few episodes, uh, one of the voice actors I brought on, Jason LaRock, he was in Dream Daddy. Um, he's a dream daddy. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, he played. He played. Uh, he played Damien in Dream oh, Daddy, cool. and he he played the river monster in Jar of Rebuke, and also uh, is returning as someone else oh. in season two. So very excited. But uh, he was like, "Hey, I have a friend who's a really good writer, and mm. she wants to get into voice acting. Can I put you two in touch?" I was like, "Sure." And she kind of just became an assistant writer and like looks over the script and is like okay so I I changed this dialogue because this flows better or uh she's like I think we could get more creative and more ambitious with the sound effects and like is like kind of pushing it and you see how a show can grow Mm. when multiple talents are brought into the pool that's been the greatest thing about less is more is that I have been really learning how to uh work in a group and we've all been like all of our sort of um ability to collaborate has has improved immensely but i would say especially me um i was on a pod tales panel like a couple weeks ago and i brought up um 
like there was some question about like managing egos or like yeah uh and i i said essentially i think i probably am the biggest control freak on the entire team because um yeah and you'll know this as somebody else with adhd but you know rejection sensitivity dysphoria Mm -hmm. um so if somebody shoots Mm -hmm. down my idea like i used to be uh early less is more writing calls if somebody suggested that to change a joke that i'd written i would have to mute the call because i would be crying oh yeah and now and now i'm like i'm very happy to receive edits because i i I appreciate the value of collaboration more because i just you know being an animator i was i'm sort of from the david firth school of animation where it's like backgrounds character art storyboarding sound all of it you do it yourself yeah yeah half out of like i don't trust anybody else to do it and more and and half out of like i don't want to annoy people by asking them to help me so i am a huge control freak most of the time and less is more because really really helped me curb that a little bit because now i'm you know now i can be in a writer's room and yeah and i'm sure that's that's true of i would say that henry you know because henry wrote congeria before and that was a collaborative thing that was him and gus and um a couple of other writers and so he had more experience in collaboration and like working in a writer's room i had none um but it's so much better to work in a room because you you aren't gonna pick up i i've always said about writing like as an artist and an animator you can tell when something looks ugly like you can tell when something you've drawn is wrong like if you've you know messed up drawing a hand or like the eye the two eyes look different on a figure or like you know the perspectives off in the background you can pick that up instantly and you can find reference and you can fix that yourself you can't tell if your own writing is bad yeah so that's the benefit of working in a writer's room that like for no other kind of art is it as as yeah. beneficial to work collaboratively and that yeah. that's just my view no i i agree like as someone who uh and another problem that i at least face and i have met other people especially in the podcasting audio mm-hmm. drama scene more so than others is that i love I love writing because I love creating. I love storytelling. Like, I could sit and just tell stories. But with my ADHD, it is so hard for me to read. Oh, I get that. Oh, (laughs) I'm... (laughs) It takes me, like, six months to finish a book. Yeah. And so it's like you want to write, but what reference do you have for writing if you're not yeah. reading. And like, especially cause my wife has a master's degree in creative writing. So I'm just like, babe. Can you- <laughs> no, I feel, I, I feel exactly the same. Henry is, uh, Henry is also, you know, he's, he's got his degree in creative writing as well. And, um, I, 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 I'm always like, read this thing that I wrote. I need you to read it to confirm it. It doesn't suck. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and like I with with um, Jarverbeak is my primary point because mm. this is my first audio drama that I've done. Um, 
But like when it comes to the writing of it, I'm like always there. There are two primary people that I send it to. Yeah. Pre-recording, and it's the voice of Dr. Jamie Everett, mm. and she's a huge help because her character uh, is a prominent character, Jamie. Um, but Jamie has fibromyalgia, uh-huh. and that's something that's actually like in the plot. Is like some episodes she's in a wheelchair, others she's using a cane. Does the actor uh, you know, have? Yes. Oh. Yes. Hmm. And um, that's actually why the character has it. Because, that's, yeah. Yeah. Because, um, like, when Jane, when Jenny... I, the actress is named Jenny. The character is named Jamie. The amount of times I have swapped yeah. the names. But um, when Jenny and I were talking, I was like, okay, I would love to have you voice a character. Let's build a character. Do you mm. want them to be one of the townsfolk within Witchton? Do you want them to work at the enclosure? You know, do you want... Mm. What do you want? And we built her character. And I was like, okay, for you to... Because Jenny is also queer, mm. you know, because Jarverbuke is, like, primarily yeah. queer cast. And that's very, very intentional. Um, But I said, what would be important for you to represent in a character that you're playing? And she brought up her fibromyalgia Mm. and chronic pain and all that. And so um, we built that into the character. Because of that, when something involves Jamie's disability, I immediately defer to Jenny. No, of course. Because I'm like... That's the same thing we do here. That's the same thing we do on Less is More. Yeah. And uh Especially we also with have the, uh, the we had an episode about uh, mental health recently. Yeah. And that dealt mm-hmm. uh primarily with uh Riley uh has VPD as well as autism. And uh, yeah. my my friend Al was sort of a, a script consultant on that cuz um you know Al and I host another podcast together where we watch episodes of Riverdale out of order and uh just go insane. <laughs> Um, try and figure out what's going on and just kind of like make up our own plot for the show based on all of the things that we're seeing out of context and uh i brought al on because i we were rewriting the script we we had one draft of it and then we were like this needs more conflict this needs a little bit this needs some spice a little bit of spice and yeah uh, so i brought al on to script consult and i was just like basically okay so as somebody with bpd what annoys you the most (laughs) yeah what do people do that just pisses you right off and we wrote the script around that uh and like that's i I think that might be one part of the thing that makes riley so relatable to me is i also have bpd Mm. and so like a lot of their kind of like sudden bursts and impulsiveness and like all that like that strikes with me so hard like in the best way in the best way i think we i don't remember how we decided that riley had bpd but we were like um we kind of wrote, like, accidentally wrote them as having it. And I think it's because I have, uh, you know, as, as somebody with ADD, that BPD and ADD are incredibly, like, closely linked to each other. Very similar symptoms, very similar behaviors, yeah. very frequently, like, either comorbid or you get diagnosed with one when you actually have the other. And so yep. I think that a lot of that has gone from me into Riley. <laughs> yeah. So it's like... And, like... Yeah. And you never just have no, one. Just... I literally, I literally have yet no. to meet someone who's like, I just two great tastes that go great together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> According to yeah. your interest in this, may we suggest you yes. this? It's like uh, customers also bought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, and that's one of the things that I like about uh, smaller 
projects mm. I feel uh and which most audio dramas are mm. uh even like even the big ones yeah. like Rusty Quill stuff that's still in the grand scheme yeah. of things we met them at, uh, we met them at PodCon and like that was before I'd even listened to the Magnus archives so I I had no I might... idea who they were and they handed me a business card <laughs> oh lordy like i to be honest i the only reason that i just started listening to it is because it's been on my to listen mm. list but executive dysfunctions a Oof. jerk um but so many people who listen to jar of rebuke are yeah. like this really reminds me of the magnus oh, archives i'm like jar of rebuke, okay I, i'm sorry it's now just na- na- nature for me to just mention it as often as that's possible same. i i relate to that i relate to that because like that's all i do is basically yep. less is more stuff yep but like what, uh, what else are we gonna be doing in in, in hell year uh, surviving yeah. uh by creating but i learned that a lot of the rusty quill people are are within the queer community yeah. So I was like, okay. So I, I I sent them an email about possibly interviewing some of them for this mm. podcast, and then I actually heard back. They're like, hey, we're really busy, um, but reach back out us to us in January, mm. and we'll see what we mm. can do. We would love for. You. And so I'm like, well, crap. Now I I gotta listen to the Magnus. I I, I want to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, it's really good. But it's there's this well, great the thing that you... talking about like how queer like uh, the Magnus Archives team is. There's a um, there's this excellent like um parody tumblr account called like it's called something like heterosexual magnus archives or something where it's just like just like rewriting the magnus archives but like making it like the most cliche like like hack straight person writing ever oh no and they call um like they call like the straight version of um jonathan sims jack roblox and they call the team the moldy pencil it's really funny i need to look this it's up. really funny I... it's just it, it's like it, it's hilarious i uh... i don't know like i don't want to spoil too much of the show by like because the only um like jokes i can remember from the blog are like huge spoilers but they're really yeah. funny they're re- it's a really funny account so basically, yeah. uh, we just all got to go listen to yes. it <laughs> and then go look up the Tumblr yes. blog. But another thing that you often see in smaller things besides it being like m- more often queer heavy uh, is like more, not always because mm. nothing's a universal truth, but more you use, that's kind of where you typically find more accurate representation because yeah. people are in the creative process yeah, exactly. like experiencing yeah. that it's just been it's been great to see the response from people online to less is more because so many of our fans are just like um i have bpd and um i can riley <laughs> um, yes. um like we're like I relate, like, like people relate so much to the characters, and that just makes me really, really happy. And that's one of the most flattering yeah. things, is when you when you create these characters and people are, like, you know, just clutching to them, like, yeah. relating to them and feeling yeah. them. Although, I'm, I'm a little worried about all of the people who are like, I relate so much to Todd, Todd is me, Todd is my kin. <laughs> you don't want that! Don't be Todd, it's- guys! <laughs> 
Also, I wanted to bring up Please. that in both Less is Morgue and Jar of Rebuke, there is an egotistical capitalist antagonist named Todd. I ship them now. I don't even know the other <laughs> Todd, but like, let's okay, get them have together. You, <laughs> have you listened to Kako's Industries? No, I don't know what that is. Okay, it's a podcast, uh, audio fiction, uh, audio drama, where it's like this whole organization of do evil better. And Kako's Industries is all about promoting the evil in the world. Okay. It's it's social commentary, but it's it's hilarious. Very explicit humor. It's very raunchy, but Oh, I fun. love raunch. I love some raunch. It's like, I, it's like, I am so ace, but I still enjoy it. Um, but the main voice actor for it. I I got into that podcast back in like 2014, mm. 2013. Mm. Um, and I cosplayed the main character, Corin Deeth the third, the guy who plays Corin Deeth the third, I somehow got him to come play Todd. And so Conrad Mishuk plays my character's boss. Who's this egotistical, like, Oh, you don't mind running these little oh. errands for me, right? We Thanks. love that. Oh, I love when that happens. <laughs> and I had always pictured in my head Todd as being like just a gross person inside and yeah. out. But then Conrad showed up and gave him a really hot voice. And I was like, no. That, the <laughs> it, funniest thing about, um, similar thing about like Todd, Todd Less is Morgue. Um, we'll call him that for a little bit of clarity because he doesn't have a last name. He's just Todd Less's morgue. Um, the, um, when, when we were originally coming up with Todd, like, one of Sean's early, like, really early designs for him was wearing a suit. But then we decided, mm-hmm. what tech CEO wears a suit to work? What tech CEO in this century wears a suit to work? So, Sean, like, Sean's, we picked the alternate design, which was the, the classic, uh, gamer gla- gamer sunglasses and the pink shell suit, and um, it, it fits so well with Chad's voice because it's like Todd is the perfect update of like the stereotypical nerd character from like eighties and nineties teen movies because all of those guys run multi million dollar companies now, <laughs> right? So and and Scott like it's it took a while for Scott to warm up to Chad's voice because he was just like oh he just sounds so geeky. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what a villain should I, sound like <laughs> but it, but like you can make it work yeah no and he's like, great oh i love chad what tickles me so much about the fashion choice because this literally i i think i i retweeted something from uh because like jar of rebuke got followed by the less is morgue bot twitter oh. and so i've been getting a lot of like updates because i followed back so i was like oh heck yeah this is hilarious and then it was uh, a quote from todd and i was like this is dr todd carmen like this is oh this, my god what? it's just so, like, I Todd is such a it's a good name for todd. a character who's no it's great it's it's the most fun name to say angrily because I love Todd. saying Todd as Evelyn, because like as as we found in the early table reads for the episodes where Todd shows up, Evelyn is just such a happy, sunny, like lovely, sweet little baby. But yep. Todd really brings out the bitch in her. <laughs> yes, which we love. Like- so like it, it's impossible for me as Evelyn to say Todd without being like Todd. <laughs> Heck off, Todd! 
<laughs> which I love. And like, what, again, what tickles me yeah. about like your Todd, uh, uh, Todd Lesses Morgue and Dr. Todd Carmen is that the only thing you know about what Todd looks like is he wears an unflattering shade of orange. That is it. Orange is Todd culture. Orange is Todd culture. <laughs> Todd pride like... flag, it's just orange. <laughs> And like orange. the middle finger emoji. It's a solid orange with a middle finger emoji. Todd Pride. <laughs> Send this to your friend's name, Todd. No context. Oh my god. I'm, I can't breathe. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no, no. I needed that. Oh, uh, that was good. But yeah. Oh, no, thank you. I needed that laugh. That was That's good. Okay. <laughs> I love making people laugh. Well, you're good at it. This has been a great time. Yeah. Now, uh, we are kind of hitting towards the end of our time. So we'll start kind of towards the uh, end of show wrap up. Uh, First is where can our listeners find you? Um, Like you said, you have a few podcasts. Yeah, I am on, uh, if you want to listen to me, I am, of course, I am the voice of Evelyn, one of the co-hosts of Less is Morgue. And that's just at Less is Morgue on Twitter. Or lessismorg.com. And I also host the show Riverdale Roulette, which is at our roulette pod, I believe. I'm going to double check that. Yes, it's our roulette pod. Uh, and that's me and my friend Al. And then um, if you just want, you know, if you, you listen to that, if you enjoy, like, ironically watching terrible television shows, or if you just want to hear to uh non-binary people with no brain cells <laughs> just uh just you know laughing very hard at their own jokes um <laughs> i mean i know nothing of riverdale but i'm gonna oh, listen it's, like just the, the less niche. you know about riverdale i think the funnier the show is probably <laughs> um and if you want to find me on twitter i'm just at meg juden that's at m-e-g T-U-T-E-N. And that's about all of it. All right. And I will be sure <clears throat> to link yeah. all of that in the description below so people can directly find you. Uh, or when we make the, the promo graphic for this mm. episode, we will tag you so they can find mm. you through there. Uh, also, a question that I ask all my guests uh, is if you met someone who is kind of like similar position as you whether it's kind of trying to find a place mm. with like gender non-conforming identity mm. or you know whatnot kind of trying to break their way into the creative world to create their own art uh what advice would you Ooh. give hard question um what advice would i give somebody um make content for yourself make the kind of stuff that you want to watch or listen to or what have you or read. Um, you know, don't think too hard about what is like trending or like what's um, like profitable in the market. Just think, I really wish there was like, I really wish there was a book about this. I really wish there was a show about this. Go out and write that because um it's easier to make something good when you really care about it 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, it becomes more authentic yeah. and more relatable to people. That's, that's the best advice I have, probably. I love that advice, honestly. That is pretty sound because I, I feel like that's advice that you 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 would feel would be mm-hmm. obvious but is not given no, enough it's not you know a lot of people would be like oh horror podcasts that's oversaturated or like oh you're just doing night veil vale again we are yeah. and that's valid <laughs> i mean how many takes have there been on no. like so many stories get just retold and also my 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 onion my theory my soapbox and my onion (laughs) and my onion uh is that i mean we're working with an audio medium Mm, mm -hmm. and so if you want to address the fact that it's audio and explain why is this audio you've got limited options it's a radio show, it's a podcast, it's an archive, it's something. And if I honestly think that as long as the story itself is different mm. enough and you got refreshing new characters, what's it matter? Yeah, Cuz it's exactly. not det- it's not it's not detracting from other podcasts. No. So, I mean, you know, it's all uh I I I'm not a very competitive person. You know, when it comes to numbers, I'm just making what I want to make. Yeah. That's, that, yeah. that is not true of some of the other people on our team. Uh, not yeah. to name any names, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, thank you so much. <laughs> Henry! <laughs> He's going to get mad at me. <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining me. If you give me just one moment, please. <clears throat> you can find the Queer Thesperience on Instagram, on Twitter. Just look up the Queer Thesperience. Uh, Thesperience being a play on thespian and experience. Uh, you can tune in every other Friday where I interview various people from across the entertainment industry who just so happen to be within the queer community because there's a bunch of us and there are lots of stories to be told. Uh, if you want to check out the podcast that I mentioned a few times, Jar of Rebuke, it is our sibling podcast, quote unquote, uh, done by a lot of the same people involved in Thesperience, uh, where we make a Midwestern, a, a Midwestern Gothic horror comedy, uh, mystery with a almost entirely queer cast and crew. It's great. Uh, we nice. are, by the time this episode will air, we are in between seasons. So now is the perfect time to go listen to it. Uh, oh, yeah. excellent. Oh, I love yeah. to hear it. I love so, to hear it. So yeah, you can look that up. And also if you want to support us, you can support the crew on Patreon or pod hero links will be in the description below. And remember, all the world's a stage, so give them one heck of a show. This has been Casper, joined by Megan, signing Thank off. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Bye.